Do you ever wonder what happened to your friends from high school? I mean, you were so close. You laughed together, you cried together, you shared some of the best years of your lives together. And yet, somehow through life, you just lost touch. Now it's time to relive those moments once again. Introducing the podcast that takes you back in time to the place where it all began. This is Class Reunion. We're bringing you all the gossip, secrets, and scandals from your high school days that you won't want to miss. Join us as we catch up with old classmates and dive into the wildest stories from our high school days. From those legendary parties to the infamous cliques, we're spilling all the tea on who's who and what really went down. So grab a seat, turn your volume up, and get ready for a trip down memory lane. Class Reunion, the podcast that reunites us all. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Class Reunion. Today, I have a mystery guest. Another new segment I plan on having on Class Reunion where I have somebody from outside of Groves High School, and I am thrilled to invite her on and please welcome April Childers to the show. Hi, everybody. (laughs) So I want to first say happy birthday. Thank you. I mean, it was ironic, and we'll get to why why this whole thing organically came about. But then I find out, first of all, I was in love finding her because there's so much she has to offer. It was like this goldmine of a secret guest. And then I look on Facebook and everyone's wishing her happy birthday today. And I thought, wow, this person's allowing time out of her birthday to be on my podcast. So it was a beautiful surprise. So happy, happy birthday. Thank you very much. You're going to lunch. <laughs> Anything else special planned? Not really. My husband's already given me. My, he gave me a... My, oh, that's gorgeous. Is that like an amethyst? An or? amethyst, yes. Oh. February birthstone, yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, also he gave me a mat for my desk that, uh, you know, because I like to stand. You know, as we get a little yeah. older, it hurts to sit for so long. So Correct. I've, I'm kind of like arranging my desk where I can stand sometimes, but yes. then my feet hurt because I'm on a concrete floor. I'm in the basement. I get it. <laughs> so he gave me one of those uh, mats that I can stand on. Nice. So, yes. Yeah. Kind of like, are you thinking, are you talking about like those kitchen mats where they're that spongy? Okay. Yes. Great. Yes. So that, um, and, um, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go in and kind of goof off and, and Love meet it. my friend for lunch and come back here. We're probably going to go out. I've been taking golf lessons, so we're probably going to hit some balls in the front yard and, um, yeah, what, just, you're based in Tennessee though, correct? I am. I'm in middle Tennessee. So how is the weather? So you can. Today is gorgeous. Okay. It okay. is um, supposed to be in the 60s, low 60s. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm so. from Michigan, so I remember I shouldn't be like shocked. I'm in Florida now. So to me, golfing in your weather seems crazy. But in Michigan, we wore shorts until we couldn't, or sometimes we still did. So I can I can appreciate it. My secret um, retirement getaway is Tennessee. Oh, You'd cool. think it would be Florida because I'm here, but- I, because I'm from Michigan, I have that yin yang need for mountains. And so I've Season. been, oh, and <laughs> I'm not going to say it right. Severville, Severville. It's by Gatlinburg. Oh, Severville. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee has like a very strange enunciation for a lot of names. Yes. Like, you know, there's, I'm a Louisiana girl. Okay. And it's Lafayette, but oh. here it's Lafayette. 
They call it Milan, but it's spelled the same as Milan. And we're Milan or Myland. There's a place in Michigan. That's interesting. Yeah, they have, they have very interesting. <laughs> it took a took a while, and I still mispronounce things for, you know, from time to time. Well, same here in Florida. So when I say like Steenahatchee, that's wrong. There's a lot of like Indian rivers all mm-hmm. through Florida. I used to say uh, uh, Kissimmee forever outside of Orlando, and it's Kissimmee. I mean, I, same thing. You can tell who's yeah. local and, and who's not just by pronunciations. Yeah. Where but about in Florida are you? I'm in Naples now. Okay. Um, and I, so I moved here 17 years ago and talk about um, resilience and things like that and and having to deal with, with situations when 08 and 09 happened. Michigan kind of started first because we were that big automotive community. And I worked for a company out of Naples. It was a software company. And I was in management at the time. They cut our salary 50%. Then I had to lay off the sales team that I did have. Then I was watching them subsequently get laid off. So they would get rehired. But you know that saying, last one in, first one out. Mm-hmm. And they were just really streamlining in Michigan before everyone else. So the president of the company, which was ironically in Naples, said, I know you have family down in Florida. Our economy is great. Why don't you move? Um, so I did. And I came down with my son 17 years ago. I pulled the U-Haul into the driveway and then they cut staff. I remember pulling in and seeing that Price Waterhouse laid off 2,600 people in downtown Tampa. And I was like, oh, so, but anyway, it was nice. I, I did come down, you know, to be with family. So it was a blessing in, in disguise. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's what brought me here. And I was in downtown Tampa, huge sports nut. So I was part of the hockey community right downtown with the lightning um, and the, I watched the Super Bowl win with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now I'm having lunch at four or dinner at four o'clock in Naples. So <laughs> I discovered Not- I can't hang with the young folks in, in downtown Tampa. <laughs> so you were in Louisiana, born and raised. Yes, like in the New Orleans area, or uh, actually a very small town called Starks, Louisiana. Okay. Uh, okay. It- Close to the Texas of state line. It was between Lake Charles and Texas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I did live in, uh, later on, I lived in Baton Rouge uh, before I went in the military. Okay. So, yeah. So you have some great recipes, seafood recipes, I'm sure. I love to cook. Mm, I'm going to have to have some of those. <laughs> so did you go straight to, we talked about high school reunion that we're, that I'm going through and planning. And I mm-hmm. mentioned we had like 300 students. I would imagine you had a smaller class. Or- well, you know, I, the town I grew up in, our largest graduating class was 24. <laughs> Your uh, reunions so- are a lot easier to plan. <laughs> well, you know, I, I moved to Texas later on when I was about 15 and oh. That was like a culture shock because our class was huge. It yeah. was uh, two or three hundred. I don't even know how many people there were. Yeah. But those weren't the people I grew up with. So mm-hmm. I never really, you know, the first year I went, I kind of kept to myself. I didn't really mm-hmm. know anybody. The next year I came back, they're like, what are you doing back here? I said, well, what do you mean? Because I, I was a freshman when I started. Mm-hmm. They thought I was a senior. 
they were shocked when I came back the next year. Other students, you know, so Do I you just like, look sophisticated or, or what? You know, it was funny when I was That's younger. Funny. When I was younger, I looked older. When I now that I'm older, I hope I look younger. I yes, know. yes. No, you look fantastic. Oh, thank you. So, how did you go to the military? Typically, it's you know someone in the family, someone in the furniture business that's been a part of it, or you know, it really. Of two of my brothers were in the military, but it was one of those where that didn't play a part in your decision. Yeah, it didn't really play a part. It was one of those things I thought about when I was in high school. I looked at it. I looked at the army. I went and took an ASVAB, but for some reason, I never made it in. And then throughout the years, it was like, I looked at it again. And then like the Gulf War started. And then I was like, oh, I don't know. But the news kept saying, oh, it's this isn't going to be long. And right. So, but then I uh, was in Louisiana at that point and they were like, look, we're really, we're shipping out reservists. We're kind of busy. And I'm like, oh, okay, well get back to me. Well, they never got back to me. I was 28 before I actually went in. You're kidding. No, no. I, I, it was one of those where it's like, Good you know for what? You. If, I'm, if I'm ever going to do this. Yeah now's the time I need to do it before I get any older. And at that point I had a three bedroom, two bath house mm -hmm. of, you know, before I left for boot camp, I had like, can't call it a yard sale. You can't call it a garage sale. It was a house sale. I opened the door and I said, oh. if you see it, it is for sale. Wow. I Everything that was like sentimental that I wanted to keep, mm. I put in the bathroom, I taped it up, you know, where people couldn't get in it and everything else was for sale. That's amazing. That's a big life change. So I can appreciate being 28. Who wouldn't want to be 28? But boot camp <laughs> years, right? That's on the, how did you, <laughs> how did you feel with all of the 18 year olds coming through or whatever the early ages that they typically go through boot camp? I mean, yeah. round of applause. That's amazing. The youngest girl was 17. Okay. Um, oh. and there was one girl that was older than I was. She was uh, 32, 34, something like that. And it's funny, you go through all of this and you, you get there. And I didn't even think about what time of year I was going. I oh, went in okay. at the near the end of December. Okay. You know, I joined like December 18th, 19th. Yeah. You know? So they don't mention that nothing happens in boot camp during that time. I could have really stayed home through the holidays because everybody takes leave and they're oh. gone. So you're sitting there making your bed every day and no one's there to even notice. Yeah. I'll never forget it was Christmas Eve and we're sitting around and you can hear it start, the sniffles, mm. like, and it goes all the way around. And some of these little girls, it was their first time away from home. Right, right. You had been a homeowner and experienced yeah. a little life. Oh. Yeah. So the hardest part for me was the lack of privacy and the lack of not having any, any time alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would volunteer to, we had to scrub like the, um, the stair, the ladder wells. Right. And you had to get out there with a scrub brush and scrub them. And, and I, there, we had a back stairwell and I would volunteer to scrub the back stairwell or portion because that was my only quiet time. Oh, 
True. Okay. <laughs> and people would come by and they're like, did you get in trouble? I'm like, no. Right. This is my quiet <laughs> time. Go away. <laughs> it's probably that way now, maybe. You probably feel like I want to do something quiet and on my own to clean, to have your own space today, I bet. I am very much, um, you know, I love my husband and we're both retired mm -hmm. and he is happily retired. Uh, mm -hmm. We did have a business when we first retired. We sold it and every day he finds something new to do. Uh, mm -hmm. We have 93 acres. We live out in the country. Mm -hmm. So he is constantly Gorgeous. doing something. Oh, it's beautiful. So I did that for a little while and I got a little restless. Mm -hmm. But I am very much a, you know, like sometimes he'll go up and see his family up in, in Missouri and he'll be like, you want to come? No, not really. No, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. So, I, but I love that, that time alone. Yes. Which, which we should explore because I think the grass is always greener. Right. Mm -hmm. And I talk about that when I was divorced, you know, friends were like, oh, your life must be great because you, you know, have time alone. And then I could say the the opposite where I envied that family environment. We all really need a balance of both. Yes. You know, you're with a roommate for the rest of your life and you're supposed to still be attracted to one another. It's just, there's all these, you know, things with it that come and, you know, we should all just support each other's decisions because it's, we all want a little bit of both, you know, yes. were you on a, like a fleet or a submarine or. I did four ships one boat. One of the ships was a sub tender. Okay. Because I, yeah. I, I commend you because I just, I see a lot of the videos today when there's storms and things and people sliding around and I'm like, you're in a tube and you're crawling up on top of each other to sleep. It just, it, it would be so claustrophobic that I commend those that want to be, I have a classmate that I talked to about this. It's like, that's an environment I don't know if I would do well in because it's confining. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it's one of those, it's kind of like, you know, we were talking about that time alone Yeah, where you, my first ship and you kind of get used to it. You get into a routine mm -hmm. and especially when you're underway, when you're on deployment, you, you get to the point where all of a sudden you realize I haven't been outside for two weeks. Yeah. Oh, you know, <laughs> but at least on a surface ship, you can walk outside like my my first ship, when we went underway, every evening after dinner, I would take my book, I'd walk around the weather decks, and I would find me, you know, a ladder off the to the side or someplace quiet. And I would sit and read, watch the sunset. And, oh, nice. You know, yeah, that was kind of like my, uh, no one else is around. That's very nice. Yeah. So you met your husband. I did meet my husband. It was funny because... He was one of my instructors when you finish boot camp and then you go into, they call, call it an A school. So okay. you learn your trade. He was one of my instructors. Is that he, allowed? He just got married and I oh. just got married. Oh. So we knew each other. Okay. But we didn't know each other. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So my very first duty station was Naples, Italy. So it's a rough life. I'm just telling you. He came about six months later. So we worked together for two years, mm -hmm. got to really know each other. Mm -hmm. I came back to the States. In the meantime, I got separated, got divorced. And then when I came back, he came on board my ship. He, Certain people come on board and like, you know, if you can't fix something, they are like the extra, the experts. Okay. So they come in and fix stuff. 
he came on the ship. We met back up. He was still married. Uh, I was not. And, but I knew his wife too, because she was also an instructor at the school. Okay. <laughs> this is scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm liking this story. Yeah. But, um, you know, over the course of time, he called me one day and, you know, we, they would have parties. They would invite me if they went out to sea or something. Uh-huh. Um, I would go take care of the cats and, you know, we were friends. Yes. Well, one day he called me and he said, I left. I won't say her name. Yeah. But I said, well, where'd you leave her? He's <laughs> like, no, I... Because, you know, they had their issues. Right. And and I knew that. And I had similar issues with my ex-husband. So him and I kind of bonded over that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we went and had lunch one day after they split up and just never really left each other. <laughs> Pro- you probably meant to be. And, and I think it's common in, I'm making an assumption, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it is common to marry young when you're going into the military and oftentimes good or bad, that could be, you know, too early in your life to make those lifelong decisions. And mm-hmm. so I would imagine that divorce is sort of common. Divorce. Yeah. Div- I don't know, like, you know, statistics, but mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of divorce in the military. You know, not everyone is cut out for that type of lifestyle. Because, yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard when you're, and we, we were both in this situation when we were together where one person went on deployment, the other person stayed back, you yeah. know, and it's definitely harder to be the person left at home Oh, to be the person gone. Yes. So you brought up something I said all the time when I was married, regardless of military, right? We were both two people that traveled in our job and- I was a miserable person when he was gone because I'm I'm in an everyday situation. It's routine. And yeah. he would come home and want to decompress because he had been traveling all week. And I was like, let's have some together time and vice versa. I would be gone just wanting to come home, do my laundry. And he's like, well, you ready to go out to dinner? And I'm thinking, no, I've been out to dinner all week long. You're so right that the person who's left behind it's uh, it, and your mind goes. Yes, right. You can think of all worst case scenarios because you've got nothing better to do, right? Did you have children together no. or in your other marriages? Okay, no. so oh, he has he has two daughters. Okay, uh, from a previous marriage, and um, okay, you know, I always say that I had kids the easy way. I said I do, and I had two grown daughters and a granddaughter at the time. Oh, and nice. Now we have two granddaughters. So uh, yeah. are they close by you that you can They're see up them? in Missouri. Um, okay. fact, we're going up there this weekend. Oh, um, nice. Nice. Yeah. So I, um, I'm not there yet, but I would imagine, I mean, my friends who have grandchildren are just, you know, it's that, it's that thing everyone tells you. It's this beautiful relationship that you get to have again outside of being a parent, but you, you know, it's not full time. <laughs> You know, and it's funny because I I tell our our oldest daughter is the one with the kids. Our youngest, uh, they have four dogs. So (laughs) that is their, that's their kids. Yes. But uh, I tell our oldest daughter, I said, you know, being a grandparent is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be the one that spoil them and right. do things. And, right. and you need to lay off spoiling them because we're being shortchanged. <laughs> <laughs> now, real quick, and then I want to get to where you are today. So did you actually, we talked about this, you know, serving in the military and 
thank you for your service. Were you ever in a situation where it was a high risk where you were in a territory you had to be careful or something like that? Or I was on the Army and Navy did a project together and it was a catamaran. It was a high-speed catamaran. And we, when the second war kicked off. Mm -hmm. uh, we were over there and in the Gulf and we worked with uh, some some special people <laughs> who needed to go places. And uh, we actually went, we sat off the coast of Um Kassar. You know, they're very protective of like communications during that time. So okay. a lot of times we can't email out but like our captain would download news reports mm -hmm. and it would say, you know, oh, there's, you know, Umkasar is secure. There's no fighting anymore. And we could set off the coast at night and we could see the firefights, you know, and I'm like, mm, it doesn't look very <laughs> secure to me. <laughs> I don't need an email to know that. Yeah. But it was, uh. It was funny wow. because we went up a back river to get there because we were a catamaran. We had such a shallow draft. Mm -hmm. You know, the main river hadn't been cleared. The minesweepers hadn't been through there. And they were known in that area for laying mines. We couldn't go up the main river. So we went up a back river and we got to a point where there was a bridge and we had to wait for low tide to go under the bridge and then we had to get on the other side of the bridge and wait for high tide to get over a sandbar. So we're like sitting there in the river, like, um, sitting ducks. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was probably the scariest part of the whole thing, mm -hmm. you know, as far as the process of getting there. You know, and you're then, beholden to mother nature, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, a little higher than mother, mother nature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do but, you sometimes look at civilians then? It, Cause I wonder this myself some, you know, and I don't want to go down a negative rat, rabbit hole, but you know, we all talk about all oh, the state of the country. Do you sometimes look at people who are standing in Starbucks, <laughs> like a big, huge line waiting for their lattes and be like, you just don't know what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I would think it's a conflict of like, I'm protecting you, but you are, you, you're in another world. Sometimes it's, uh, I'm protecting you. So just be quiet and let us do what we need to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And don't judge. Don't talk about stuff you don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well said. Yeah. And that's, and I, we'll, we'll stop there. <laughs> yeah. No, but again, thank you. Uh, not only for your service, for being, you know, a badass female. I think that's incredible. And speaking of that, part of the draw to you was this pivot you made, which is different subject names and a podcast. It doesn't matter. We're both in, in this era of our life, reinventing ourselves, doing something that's social media driven, that's outside of what we normally have done. And I just found, as I started to dig deeper in wanting to have you on, I was like, let's talk about this podcast because you just started it. And it's so empowering and it's exactly how I'm feeling at the moment and know that there's other women feeling the same way because we are at that mode in our life where kids are no kids. It doesn't matter. We're, we're just kind of reevaluating that second half of life and how do you want to make the most of it? I just love what you're doing. So what is her superpower just launched February 1st? You've had some fantastic guests right up my alley of talking about how they've overcome obstacles and still created 
uh, a powerful roadmap for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to, on your birthday, give you some flowers and let you shine on sharing what you're doing. I've downloaded your, your book on Gen X women and in ways to empower. And I'll leave all that information when we launch this, but how did that come about? And I commend you. And it's just, it's kismet that we, we met because what you're doing is, is, is so wonderful. And I want everyone, I want to share it with, with everyone, all the listeners. Well, thank you so much. I mean, what's her superpower has been such a divine intervention there. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a few minutes ago was that I actually, I, I created a one pager. A friend of mine showed me hers and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's a brief, like who I am, what, mm-hmm. what. So uh, there's podcast groups out there. So those of you who are sitting there thinking, you know, I don't know anything about podcasting. There's tons of, you know, How we met. out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, uh, so I posted my one pager in a couple of groups and said, Hey, I'm going to launch my podcast. Actually, it was supposed to be today on my birthday, but, you know, and I'm looking for female guests who have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Either business owners, they're in ministry, they're nonprofits, and I have a little bit of everything in there. And you know you're in the right place when God brings you the people that you're supposed to, you're supposed to come in contact with. And, you know, something you touched on earlier was I haven't even interviewed the people that I know. And that's what really motivated me to start this because I know so many incredible women that have such great messages to share with the world. Mm-hmm. I was like, we need to get these women out there. And mm-hmm. I haven't even, you know. We're the opposite. I started with, you know, my friend group for trying to highlight my classmates and then yeah. you've got the outside. So it's cool to pause for a moment and switch, you know, and, yeah. and I can't wait to see who you have on that you're friends with, because that'll be a a totally different conversation. And I guarantee you, April, you will undercover something that you didn't even know. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the beauty of what I love is at this age, when we're communicating, and we're talking about childhood or whatever, no one came out unscathed. (laughs) or, Or has some type of story to share, which really makes them who they are. Mm hmm. And you have a tagline that I think is absolutely incredible because it is, it is for all people our our age trying to do. You said ignite your dreams one story at a time, and that is like a way for you to just highlight your guests every week. I love that. Mm-hmm. So, what have you learned? What was your mission, and what what have you undercovered that's been already a big surprise for you? Just the the stories of resilience that women have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've always known that everything we've been through in our lives have has developed us to the point we are at right now. Right. You know, and what makes us so powerful is what we've survived. Mm-hmm. You know, whether and, you know, People may say, some people may say, you know, oh, that's being a tad dramatic, whatever. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't know what people have been through, you know, and to hear the stories that come from these women, you're like, I mean, one, one guest we were talking and I was like, (laughs) she's like, I know I had the same reaction you just had. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. That, that, that saying fight or flight mode, 
I think a lot of us, and I won't put an age on it, but I would say, you know, between 30 and 40, a lot's happening. Yeah. And I think we are in that fight or flight mode and we're just taking on whatever we can and we're keep moving and keep moving. And I don't know what we're moving towards, but we feel like we're always supposed to, you know, be this bricklayer and create our own path. And guess what? You know, you should really take the road untraveled. But, you know, at that time, we're so pressured in that age bracket to have a, have a story that's generic, according to everybody else. And that's not what life throws at you. Yeah. It's, it's just not. And, and a lot of times we pivot in silence. And it's, it's funny because, you know, we've gone from our, our whatever family, whatever our family looked like. Mm-hmm. We went from that. A lot of cases we got married. Mm-hmm. We started having our own family. And then all of a sudden the kids go on and they have their own life. Mm-hmm. And you're looking around and you're like, what do I do now? You still have something to offer and give. Yeah. And yeah. it's unleashing that passion that you had probably years past. Mm-hmm. And that's where it resonated because, and I don't, I don't mean to bring it back to myself, but when I saw what you did and I downloaded your book, if you look in my high school yearbook, you know, behind me, it says psychology under what I wanted to do. And I never ever pursued it. And it has been gnawing at me all of these years because I used to say, oh my gosh, you're a cheerleader. You know, that's not anything scientific or road, you know, road scholar, but it was, it was in my DNA to listen to people's stories, to help encourage and empower. And I'm not necessarily doing that now, but I'm certainly in touch with people's story and identifying and allowing them to have a voice. So for me, it is full circle where that little passion in the back has been there. And to push people out and help them shine is so fulfilling to me. You know, and I feel like your goal of your podcast is to explore and help women find that, whatever that is. Whatever that secret passion was in the background, how to unleash it this stage in life. Because we do the the negative noises. I'm too old to learn that, or it's too late, or I can't, you know, teach a dog no tricks. Mm -hmm. So how do you meet with women on that level and guide them that all things are possible? And that's what, uh, right now, what I'm doing is eventually at some point, I would like to have courses where they can go through at their own pace. But right now I really want to start with one-on-one coaching Mm -hmm. because I think it's so important because you're different than I am. You Correct. Know, somebody else is different. We have different histories. We have different stories. Mm-hmm. We have, and all of that comes with baggage, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, we've heard the term baggage all of our lives. Right. <laughs> That's why Spirit Airlines started to charge for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got it. They, they're like, ding, ding, ding. We're going to yeah. start charging for that baggage. Yeah. yeah. But it's kind of like uh, trauma, you know? Yes. yes. Uh, a friend of mine does, uh, you know, she works with first responders a lot and their trauma is a lot more evident. But Correct. None of us get out of our lives without some kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. And it can be something as simple as a comment that maybe a parent or a teacher said to you, and you've got that in your head. 
you know, but I want women to know that it's not too late. It's never too late. As long as you have breath in your lungs and your eyes open every morning, then it is not too late for you to find your passion and find your purpose. And, you know, because somebody is out there waiting for you, just you, because you're not going to say it any way, the same way that somebody else is going to say it. You might be doing the same thing, but you're not going to say it and you're not going to relate to them in the same way that somebody else is. And they're waiting for you because they need what you know and you can help them. April, you just gave yourself a birthday gift. (laughs) I mean, that was well said. It's very, very true. Someone's waiting to hear your story and say, and you know, and that's the best feeling when, when you do reach out and you're not sure it's going to connect and somebody sends a DM to you and says, my gosh, this and this and this and this. And that's all it takes that when people say it's, oh, only one person in the room. It is true. Mm -hmm. You feel so validated in doing what you're doing if it just resonates with one person, because we are the silent generation, as they say. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have the terms of how to label some of the trauma or understand why those decisions happened in our life. I always say the toolbox is very empty and we can talk about the younger generation, but what I admire about them and I do learn from them is they use their voice. Mm -hmm. They learn and download and they know the term narcissist and they know this and they know their, their boundary setting doesn't mean it's, it's perfect, but they are so much more head of creating coping skills and turning course career-wise, whatever. We can say, oh, they never want to stay in a job and they quit all the time. Okay. But who's to say staying in software for 23 years was the wisest thing I ever did? I felt threatened to do anything other than that. There's that golden handcuffs where in corporate America, you have benefits. How dare you? You're a single mom. You have all this noise around you telling you you can't be what you want to be because traditionally we had to abide by rules. And that's why I kind of like learning from the younger people because they, they have, you know, all of that. So who's teaching us? Yeah. You. Yeah. And others, right? Yeah. And I think that's, and getting older comes with a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have discovered, but it also comes with a lot. I know since I've retired from the military, I've spent a lot of time figuring out who April is. It, it is not for the weak. If no. you were, if you were, you know, if you feel like you're missing something and you feel like, you know, you need to find your purpose or your, whatever, because people have said that for years. Oh, you you know, my purpose. Right. What is, what's your niche? Yeah. 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 What do you mean a purpose? I have a job. (laughs) You know, know, that's my purpose right now is to pay the bills. Right. So, but as you get older, you know, you don't. So what if I can't remember something when I'm making a video or a reel or something, you know, it's like, Hmm. What was the name of that thing? Yeah, I don't remember. I'll tell you later. (laughs) Who cares? If you don't like me, don't watch me. Right. You know, so there is a lot of freedom that comes with that. But there's still we all have those inner voices, Mm -hmm. you know, and one thing that 
I, I want everyone to to know is and to hear is that if you would not say something to a child or to your best friend, then don't say it to yourself. I know that is so hard. That is an uh, exercise, a daily exercise. Mm-hmm. Yep, because what yeah. we tell ourselves, and you know what, your your mind does not know whether you're nervous, you're scared, or you're excited. Mm-hmm. So why don't we change that instead of I'm scared to do that? I'm so mm. excited about that, you know, because when mm. I started my podcast, I was, yeah, I was nervous. <laughs> I was yes. scared. Right. Yeah. yeah. Especially and, since we didn't grow up in this world. I mean, everybody's got, you know, the younger generation, they don't, this is how they, this is how they communicate now. Yes. But for us, it's so different. And I, and I love that you said that because I like doing it at this age. Uh-huh. I I do admire the younger people for doing it, but they do worry about it being perfect. Yeah. We're just, it is what it is. You know, yeah. I, I'm not going to do a get ready with me and show you my makeup routine or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that ship has sailed. Yes. Yes. Oh, but you know, it's funny. I get a great reaction. Like I do videos in the morning when I'm out walking with my dog. I have no makeup yeah, on. Right. I have, you know, half the time, well, it's been cold. So I've got my winter hat on my beanie and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I had a friend uh, reach out. She called me. She's like, your skin looks really dry in your videos in the morning. Are you using moisturizer? I'm like, yes, I'm using moisturizer. I gotta go. I can't talk to you. <laughs> well, and the, that's so funny. And the words are what you're, you're accurate about. Then I'm gonna let you go have a wonderful lunch with your friend. But I learned, uh, you know, there's that book out, uh, and, and Rachel Hollis, I know, is a very controversial figure, but she wrote a, a book, you know, Girl Stop Apologizing. And um, by reading that, it took me forever to stop saying, I'm sorry. Do you know how many times I say I'm sorry? I'm in the grocery store, and my cart goes around the corner, and, you know, I have the right of way. It doesn't even matter. And someone will bump into me and I'm like, I'm sorry. I do that all the time. And I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, hello, Pat. And I said, you know, <laughs> to just start with, excuse me, has been liberating. I'm embarrassed to say that, but it's true. If you teach yourself to say, um, excuse me, instead of I'm, I'm sorry, we are apologizing for just about everything. Yeah. And m- women typically. And, and, and I don't, I don't, just that slight change of how we speak to others and ourselves. It's been, I kind of walk down the aisle and I'm like, I didn't apologize. I'm proud of myself <laughs> because it's just, I didn't realize if you had like a tip jar of how many times you have a swear word or something like that, or a negative thought, I'd be so rich right now because I'm always apologizing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where that came from, but I don't know if you grew up that way. Maybe the military changed that, but women say I'm sorry about everything. You know, I, I, I don't remember having that growing up and, and maybe the mil- maybe I did and the military got it out of me. Probably, um, you know, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because, you know, you, you toughen up. Yes. And, and that was part of my transition also was, you know, Who is this person that's been in the military for 20 years? And is that the real me? Yeah, you've had a lot of, you've had other things to unpack, which is so interesting. And I'd love to have you on again and explore that because 
um, I admire the discipline and I look up to you in what you did. And then you must feel like, yeah, but I have a lot to unravel from that. It's been a process. Yes. Yeah. It, it uh, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely because it's like, you know, in the military, you're not spontaneous. Mm -mm. And I have discovered that I'm a very sp spontaneous person. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm, um, I love that. And my husband is not a spontaneous person. He would not love that. <laughs> That's interesting that you found that out because it doesn't fit in military life. No. You've been and, out for how many years? Oh, this will be 10 years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The, you know, December. So I've still got a ways to go, but yeah, 10 years. I was tired in 2014. So before the podcast, what were you doing over those 10 years? Oh, it's been a process. <laughs> Probably had, a part two, but you yeah. Know. Yeah, that might be a part two. But yeah, it, it was definitely, you know, we had a convenience store when we first retired. It wasn't something I ever wanted. My mm -hmm. husband thought that was going to be a good idea. And mm -hmm. the good thing about it is that it really, we live in a small community. Mm -hmm. So we were able to meet a lot of people, but we had a close friend of ours pass away and it was kind of like, what are we doing? We don't need to be doing this. Life's too yeah. short. Yeah. So yeah. we sold the store. And from there, I took quilting classes. I took gardening classes. Mm. I got my real estate license. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> um, I bought some land and worked with a, um, a, a builder. And that was like an investment, you know. So we, uh, that was the first house. That's the only house I sold as a real estate agent. <laughs> That's another thing that's not for the week. Oh my gosh. No, no. I did a direct sales company. Did that and, too. Yeah. 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 And, and really, I, and I will, I, I know we're, we've gone way over what we said we were going to, but yeah. I just want to share one thing. The turning point for me was I went to a women's business retreat and all of these ladies, there was, eight or nine of us. And all of these women were sitting around, you know, the first night at dinner and they were talking about like what they did. And, and I was watching them and listening and I was so enthralled with, and so impressed with what they were doing and the mm -hmm. gifts that they had. And, but then they started mirroring that back to me. And because I never thought that I could start a course or create a course or, you know, who would want to, I don't have anything to, I don't know anything that people would want to pay me for, mm -hmm. you know, I, cause I have no, you know, I mean, I've, I've got a degree, but it's not in like you talked about psychology. I don't have mm -hmm. any initials after my name, mm -hmm. but you know what? I got 58 years of hard life lived and I know that that can help someone. Mm -hmm. And when they mirrored to me what I was seeing in them and telling me how great I was and my gifts and, you know, how much I had to offer, I got excited. I was like, April, wow. we're, we're a lot alike. It's, yeah. you know, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Then you're in the wrong room. You're not learning. Yeah. You're not growing. And I think growing up, that's what we want to achieve because we want to like show our wares of knowledge or whatever. Who cares? I'd much rather be challenged by people that are so far above me that I am uncomfortable that I'm learning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you're not surrounded by people that are cheering you on and supporting you, yes. and, you know, telling you how great 
you are and, you know, what you have, what great gifts you have, then Mm -hmm. you need to surround yourself with different people, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's hard to do. I think uh, we will go, but (laughs) I definitely want to have you on because that itself is a whole nother discussion. And, and I ran into another woman who was an unexpected friend that I came across and we just keep sending each other these empowering little quotes. And I've never done that with a lot of my girlfriends. I mean, and not, I love all of them. It's just that if your friends don't think you're the most exciting person in the room and, and want the best for you, you know, that says something as well. People like you where you were originally mm-hmm. right here. And yeah. if you are trying to strive above that, and again, not my close friends, but typically, <laughs> you know, it, it, you're with the wrong group of people because I know I would love to see everybody succeed. I don't care if you become a millionaire tomorrow. I'd be so thrilled. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's not that they don't want you to, you know, it's not about you. It's mm-hmm. about them. Right. Because they, you make them uncomfortable when you progress yes. above where, you know, cause they, and if you're okay with where you're at, that that's okay. Yeah. But don't hold me back because Correct. you don't want to progress. Right. But. I can't wait to continue the conversation privately. And again, I'd love to have you on because I think there's so many aspects to empowering women we could touch upon mm-hmm. that I'd love to have you on again if you're open to that. But in the meantime, What's Her Superpower is her podcast. And I will share the website. And April, I can't thank you enough that you joined me today. And ironically, on your birthday, it's been a gift to me. (laughs) So I thank you so very, very much for being on. Oh, well, thank you so much. I've had such a good time. And, (laughs) you know, it was... It, we were meant to be together and yeah. I can't wait to have you on the podcast and yeah, we will definitely have to do this again. All right, friends, that's it for this episode of Class Reunion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, write us a review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time.